0: Let's start with probably one of the most commonest things that you deal with, stones.
1: Yeah, okay. So kidney stones, uh, really big problem, extremely painful. Um, Very painful, really, hey. really, really painful. People say more painful than childbirth.
0: Yeah, um, so. do men say that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think probably, um, I think women are more qualified and, and they're telling us it's painful and that you know, you've got to take it seriously. Um, and it's, you know, a huge amount of operating required for, for stones as well, so... It ends up being a big burden for people, for, for hospitals. So I think there's quite a few established sort of dietary things to do to to try and reduce uh, stones forming. Um, and there's no actual medicine for most uh, stones formation to reduce most stoma- uh, stone formation.
0: Before we talk about that, mm. can, can we talk a little bit about why stones form in the first place and why there might be a genetic predisposition? Because that's kind of like a, an unknown topic, right?
1: Yes, I think it is a bit unknown. I think there's a predisposition, like you, exactly like you said, mm-hmm. and if your parents have uh, stones, then you're 20% more likely to have stones. But a lot of people just have them without that, and, th- and there's no real known cause for most common types of stones. Um, there's a few, like the weird and wonderful types, that uh you, you know you have um, some sort of gene abnormality, and then you'll, you'll form those throughout your life, maybe yes. even from childhood. So yeah, the vast majority are potentially due to stress or dehydration is one of the sort of potential factors. But there's also an element potentially with your diet. And so there, there are broadly two types of stones. There's quite a few different types of stones. We describe them in terms of their makeup. The most common types are calcium stones, and then the mm. two types from there are, are oxalates, phosphates. Okay. So in terms of the dietary advice for oxalate stones now about 15 percent of that comes from your your diet your oxalates in your body Mm -hmm. so it's not all of the oxalates but if you reduce that amount then we usually try and advise people particularly if they're forming oxalate stones uh, that will be helpful they tend to be the hardest types of stones so they're more of a pain to remove as well Um, (laughs) it takes longer to operate on them Uh what Uh, kind of size are we talking about so usually if they're above about half a centimetre, they start to become a problem. And that's mm-hmm. when they can get stuck and, and more difficult to pass without an operation. You know, as a rule of thumb, they can go up to filling your whole kidney as well. So yeah. you, know, you can you can grow pretty big stones. Mm-hmm.
0: From half a centimetre, that's five millimetres. That's when yeah. you know they'd start getting pain, problematic all the rest. Or some I've actually seen smaller and very small actually, and they've still created quite a bit of pain for the patient, right? When would you consider starting surgical intervention? Is it size dependent?
1: Uh, there's a few factors, so size is, is a big factor. Uh, but you can also look at the position of the stone, associated infections or obstruction to the kidney. If they've only got one kidney as well, mm. we're more at risk. Interestingly, pilots, if they even have a small stone, are not allowed to fly, so they have a higher sort of um, in- intervention rate, so you'll operate on more more often for pilots with small stones. Really? Mm, Why is that? Just
0: because they're going to be up in
1: the air? and Exactly, because if they're up in the air and the, suddenly the stone drops, then they're in real difficulty. Obviously, they're far away from uh, hospital and treatment and they're in charge of a plane. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I think we're talking about food, weren't we? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. The uh the low oxalate diet is one thing we uh, we were talking about. So if you do get those oxalate stones, and people always ask me, like, you know, patients say, Well, what is an oxalate? And we tend to say it's a range of things that can be affected. So tea and coffee, mm. certain nuts, rhubarb, for example, spinach. Yeah. So it's it's a tricky one to avoid. It and is, what, yeah. What we tend to do is just say, look, are you eating maybe five bags of this type of nut every day? Because that, <laughs> that could be why you're getting these yeah. oxalate stones yeah. uh, rather than saying, try and cut out specifically these things.
0: Are there dietetics teams involved with urology teams when patients come and present with specific types of stones like oxalates?
1: Uh, that's a good question. In general, no. It's interesting because in, in our specialty, like we're talking about these diets. Generally, we just give people advice briefly. And One of the reasons why I wanted to do this is to, yeah. to look into exactly what you know how to make it easier for people to to avoid those diets, and maybe a dietitian for urology would be helpful. Would
0: be useful, yeah. Mm. Particularly if, like, you know, it's in oxalates in such a broad range of different food types. It might be harder for urologists as well to try and identify where in their diets they're actually getting these types of foods and um, how to replace them as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. What you do if you're if you're cutting out all of these things. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Particularly the greens because you know, mm. high
1: in oxalates, but. And they're very good for us.
0: So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lots
1: good and lots of other ways. And mm. people like a lot of tea and coffee. And
0: is that related to the dehydration aspect as well? Do you think from the tea and coffee?
1: I think we ask people when we take just to be hydrated. We ask them to drink about three liters of water a day. So that's. Right above the normal amount that anyone would drink. It's quite hard to do. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It really is hard to do and they need to be drinking it throughout the day. Yeah, so you can't just
0: have three litres in the morning. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so try
1: and stuff that down in one go. Yeah. We tend to say like build it into your routine actually so that maybe first thing when you wake up in the morning you have a big glass of water. Every time you have a meal, you have one before, one afterwards. Every time you go to pee, maybe you have a glass of water afterwards. Exactly. and you know, So that way you're drinking through the day and spacing it out.